This, this, this is straight, straight, straight out of Crumpton with your host, Greg Crumpton. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Straight Out of Crumpton. I'm Gabby Barr, and I am joined by Mr. Greg Crumpton. Greg, how are you doing today? It's a good day. It's hotter than blue blazes here. Um, probably like it is in a lot of places. I think our guest is in Texas, and I just spoke to a guy in Texas, and uh, he he was hot. So I'm I'm sure that our guest is in the in the smoking hot area. But really looking forward to today. Um, in, in my prep for this, I was just I was I was struck by a couple of things. I'm excited to get to talk about um, with with our with our man. So kick us off. Let's get going. Yeah. Well, I am excited to introduce today's guest. We are introducing Ben Poole. He is the founder of HVAC Tactical. Ben, how are you doing today? I am unstoppable. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you. So, Ben, thank you um, for joining us. I I was wearing my, my HVAC Tactical shirt in the grocery store uh, Sunday, and two people asked me what that was. And I said, hey, it's just unstoppable awesomeness. <laughs> Before I uh, get too deep down my, my BS hole, why don't you tell us a little bit about you, uh, HBAC Tactical, what you're all about, and why you're doing what you're doing. I think it's a great story. Uh, well, me, I mean, I started in the HVAC business as a kid. I'm third generation in this industry. Uh, it just feels like forever and a day I've been doing this. Uh, but about five years ago, I had this idea that it would be cool to have just cool shirts and hats that you could wear around that represented what we did so passionately for a living. Um, you know, I'm I'm very passionate about my industry, um, and I get to, I w- I've been told that on a regular basis. You know, just talking about it, people are like, man, you just you're just like genuinely excited about this stuff, and it's. Um, you know, there's very, I'm good at a lot of things in life and there's only like two things in life that I'm really great at. And one of them was HVAC. And so for me, I just thought this was just a natural fit to bring something to the industry that was kind of cool, a little outside of the box, a little bit different. Uh, Just bring it to the industry that I just care for and value so much. And the industry's been, the industry's taken a lot for me for sure, taken a lot out of me for sure, uh, as it does for most people in the industry, but it's also given me a lot. And, um, you know, it's provided a pretty decent living. It's provided for my family. So, um, yeah, just decided to start this thing. We called it HVAC Tactical. And and why the tactical is because being tactical is a mindset. Uh, you can be tactical in anything that you do, whether that's driving a car, baking a cake, you know, planning a planning a job. Like, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's It's truly is a mindset. And it's not just, you know, guns or... SWAT teams and stuff like that. But uh, military uses, you know, the tactical mindset all the time, which is why their their missions are typically successful because they plan everything out from A to Z. They know how to execute. They have contingency plans and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And uh, our, our lives in HVAC should really be no different. You know, you should look at a job. You should put your plan together. You should have a contingency plan of what happens if something goes sideways and uh, you move forward from there. So, that's HVAC tactical in a nutshell. And that whole clothing apparel brand very quickly turned into a movement. And that movement turned into an award show. And that award show is just turned into now a magazine. Uh, you know, we have some other things in the mix that are coming down the pipeline, but can't get too far in the weeds on that yet. So, well, I appreciate that. I, I I love the tactical mindset because I am a planner. Uh, you can see my book right here. It's got all these wacky how how tos and when tos in it. Uh, I just love it. And when I got your magazine, um, I bought it. I don't know a month ago probably. And the whole way the thing was even delivered and purchased was exceptionally well done. Um, including the follow-up thank you note for buying the thing. Uh, it just it was just well executed all the way across the board. And 
when I read this magazine, um, it reminded me of the first time that I read Fast Company magazine way back in the day. And when I read Fast Company, I remember to this day where I was and, and what I was doing. Um, it has now become pretty much uh, not a cool magazine. But then I remember reading it. It was like, my God, I'm not on this journey alone. There are other people who act and think and, and try to execute like I do. I got that same buzz when I read your magazine. Um, and, and that buzz for me comes through precision. It comes through in a tactical way, as you described it, well-planned, well-articulated. Um, I'm sure you had a plan B through Z, you know, when you were developing the magazine. But just really well done. So I applaud you for getting it out there to the mass. I really appreciate that. That means a lot for sure. Uh, labor of love for sure. Um, you know, obviously starting the brand in general was kind of like taking a step in faith really, right? Like, Hey, are people going to want this? Are people going to accept it? Are people going to make fun of it? Are, are people going to think that it's stupid? Like, you know, at one level, I don't care what people think. And on another level, I'm like, Hey, I want my community to care about what I'm trying to do for the community, you know? And, um, and, the brand was just rapidly accepted, uh, yeah. strangely accepted. I mean, it's like, it just doesn't make sense when you really stop and go back and think about it. But I think the secret ingredient was that we were doing something that nobody else was doing. We, we've created and cultivated something that nobody else was, has done. And, you know, people are, are giving me like this kudos of like, you know, you started this thing and you did that. And I'm like, hold on a second. I didn't start this thing. When I got onto social media, there was already other guys out here doing something similar to what I'm doing. I just found a way to bring us all together and move together and create momentum, right? And now this momentum, this train is in motion and we're just scooping people up as we're moving, right? And so um, I played a significant role, but there's a lot of other people that have played significant roles in this movement as well. So I can't take the credit for it, no matter how many people think I did something or didn't do something. So um, but as far as the magazine goes, you know, it was same thing. Are people going to accept this? Are people going to like this? You know, are, is it going to be good enough? You know, and the whole, the whole idea was like, let's come up with a sports illustrated for HVAC, right? Minus the bikinis. Cause people don't want to see service guys in bikinis, you know, that would be ugly. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, so obviously we're working on the next edition now or the next uh, issue, but, you know, we have to we have to try to see how we can level up, you know, try to make it better and try to keep up with the commercial realm. And we're not we're not trying to replace any publications in HVAC. We're just trying to do something that's never been done. We're creating a social magazine that is for the men and women in the trenches by the men and women in the trenches. Right. Giving them a voice. And um, I think the movement itself has really established a voice for the men and women in the trenches. We're now companies, these corporations where they're putting all their money in print advertising and media and all this other stuff. Now they quickly realize how much power these men and women in the trenches actually have, especially when they have big followings on social media, right? Mm. And so the dynamic is is changing and these, you know, as a contractor, my reviews are based on Google or Yelp or Angie's List or whatever, right? And they're based on these customers that I have floating around town. Well, us on social media, we are the reviews now for these big corporations, right? And now they're starting to realize like, hey, dude, one of these guys, is if he's powerful enough and he teams up with three or four or five of his buddies who are powerful enough, like they can really cause us some damage if they decide to stop buying products from us. Yeah. And so I think that the writing has been on the wall. Some companies now are starting to wake up and say, hey, we really need to develop a better relationship with these men and women in the trenches, right? This, this, this era of being cut off by this middleman and not having like, uh, just not having such a disconnect with everybody that is changing now. And so now you're seeing all these people in the trenches are, who are now being connected to these manufacturers and working with them and being influencers for them and brand ambassadors. Um, yeah, we've just, you know, we've really helped break down some barriers, man. And, uh, really, shine a light on the men and women in the trade and how important we really are, not just to the trade itself, but to, to blue collar trades in general, you know? Yeah. So 
Well, it, it's um, all of that's well said. I, I, I think that the part that really pops out for me is um, so I, I'm I'm older than you, um, and I have a lot of peers who don't understand social media. Sure, they don't understand the value of it. Uh, I hope I'm, I'm different in that way um, by a hundred percent different. But I, I was talking to a guy recently about his company, and he's he's got a, a, a touch into our industry. And I said, "What do you what do you uh, think about all these young folks that, that are making their name on Instagram?" And um, he said, "HVAC people are on Instagram." I said, "Dude, your audience, your your customer is on Instagram." Yep. He said, I never would have thought that given that what we do, and he's in, like I said, he's in the mechanical realm. And he calls me like a week later and said, oh, my God. I'm like, yeah, that's that's your people right there. Um, You know, and and I don't know why our industry seems to be full of people who are slow as hell to to get their knuckles up off the ground and let's go. It is. Just the way it is. Maybe. Um, All right, so... I want to flip back over to what you also said uh, as a contractor. And as I know, as I think I know right now, you sold your business. Is that right? You are not contracting now or you still are contracting? So I had, I started a company, I started my second company in Austin, Texas in 2013 with my dad. Um, And I ran that company for about nine years and, um, in January of this year, the end of January was my last day with that company. So, gotcha. uh, la- end of last year, my dad and I decided to go our separate ways, and um, I just decided to go do my own thing. So, my dad kept the company. Uh, I left, and um, yeah, I'm just out here doing my thing. I'm I'm trying to stay full time tactical as much as I can, um, but I still get a ton of phone calls from people asking me to come take care of stuff and. And quite honestly, a lot of it is like, hey, I've had three guys out here. They can't figure it out. And then they ask me to come out and then we figure out what's going on. And we go, here, here's the problem, you know. And and the question is always, you know, well, how come these other guys couldn't figure it out? It's hard for me to speak for anybody else. All I can say is that there's a huge lack of education. There's two big problems in our industry, lack of education and ego. And there's definitely no lack of ego in our industry. Um, you know, there's there's two places in the world that are fully ego, right? It's... uh the hospital in the morgue. And so my my whole thing is, is like HVAC guys need to stop pulling into parking lots of gas stations and looking at other people, at, at other HVAC guys and going, oh, that freaking guy over there, blah, blah, blah. Like you really need to change the lens of which you see things. And you need to realize that these people are your peers. These people have something to offer you, right? Whether you think so or not, you know, believe it or not, a guy who's been in the trade for 20 years can learn from a guy who's been in the trade for two years. Because the guy who's been in the trade for 20 years is so set in his ways, you know, and um, we really need to start cultivating a better camaraderie in our industry and social media, Instagram specifically has done that. This movement has done that. Um, It's hard to compare Instagram to Facebook because Facebook is very toxic, right? Uh, You can ask somebody a a genuine question because you just want to know or you need an answer and somebody's like, you don't know that you shouldn't even be in the trade. Your fact, your mother should have never birthed you. And but I mean, it's just it's so wild, you know. Whereas Instagram's not like that at all, you know. In fact, a lot of guys will not leave negative things in the comments. They'll re- go back and DM you and say, "Hey, I'm wondering why you did it that way. Like that's really not the right way to do it, and this is why." Right. And so the lack of education is just huge in our industry. And I think that we need to do a better job of lifting each other up and pushing each other to be better because let's face it, it's not hard to be a mediocre HVAC guy, right? It's a lot harder to be a great HVAC guy, to be a guy who's educated, a guy who trains, a guy who takes control of his, of his career and his future, uh, a guy that that's profitable, right? Um, if you, if you don't want to be any of those things, well, just be a regular HVAC guy because they seem to kill it at that. You know what I mean? So I, I feel you. I do because um, I'm an industry guy. You know, I'll work for a company. I got it on my shirt right here, Service Logic. Love the company, but I'm an industry guy as well. 
there's a lot of good people in our industry that I don't work with. Would I like to work with them? Absolutely. But I don't because of whatever reason. But we can still help each other. We can still grow, help grow each other, grow the industry, make people aware of how awesome the awesome people are. And, and they're, they're, to your point, there's, there's plenty of bad apples on the bunch. Yeah. But the good apples are really shining bright and spreading to, to your point. They're spreading that same message. You're, you don't have to be an a-hole to people to get your point across. Yeah. Pick up the phone and call. And like you said, or DM me, ask me a question. Because rarely do you know the full story behind what the guy or girl are saying they did and why they did it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I I, I, I get it. I, I love the the positive impact. And, and your magazine, you know, go to go back to it. Um is full of that is full of positive energy uh that that you know even though talking about the vacuum you know about the evacuation process i just love that article because so many people don't get that piece of it fully and that's a really good how-to guide to do it well Mm -hmm. um yeah you get by doing it your way but if you want to go to the next level then here is a way to do that so yeah continuous learning aspect of it for sure it's all about learning you know being better today than you were yesterday that's ultimately what it's all about right Um, and fortunate for us as we've developed i'm a relationship guy the world revolves around relationships right like money comes and goes but you're not going to make money without having relationships like if you're not good at building relationships you're probably going to be broke it's pretty fair statement and so we've We've done a really good job of building relationships with people like Fieldpiece and Navac and these in these OEMs, right? To where we can go to them and say, "Hey, do you have any content for a great article on pulling vacuums?" Right? Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to write an article on you know probes versus old school compound gauges? Right? And uh, they're like, "Yeah, we'd love to do that." Right? And it's a win win. They're getting something of their of their company of value into the book, right? Into the magazine, and uh, and we're getting content out of it. So. It's a win-win, but that stuff doesn't happen without relationships. And you trying to learn from other people or let other people learn from you, again, doesn't happen without building relationships. People aren't going to listen to you or take you seriously. They don't respect you. And in order to get respect, you have to have a relationship with somebody. You know, um, It's just it's so overlooked today in our industry that um, you have to be likable, man. The old school way of just not sharing your knowledge and being a douchebag all the time. Like nobody wants that anymore. Right. And if that's you, just get out of the industry, man. We're already in a shortage, but you know what? We'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to keep on trucking. So I, I think I said that last week on this podcast that is as bad as it is where we are short of quality people. I'm okay with those people that don't get it retiring because yeah. The quicker you retire, the quicker that attitude stays away because there's so many good people here. Um, You know, just, I mean, the freaking people we've had on this show been, I don't know, close to a hundred episodes now and the quality of people. And, and I would say, you know, 80% of them have been affiliated with skilled trades and some variety. Um, just good people who want to do well, who want to share, who want to help develop goodness, not yeah. walk around beating each other over the head with a club. You know, I mean, I just, I have no use for that or no time for that. So you, uh, you, you touched on uh, pretty heavily the relationship aspect of, of being in business, being in the business and just uh, in, in, in general. Our whole deal here is talking about relationships, how people get to where they are, how they grow from where they are, what they want to do. Who have, who have been, and you don't have to name names, but I mean, you want to talk about it, that's fine. But who are some of the people that have been in, instrumental in developing you, uh, good and bad, to where you're at a place right now where you kind of know what you want to do? You know, how 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 those relationships help, help uh, form you and help form your mindset? Man, there's really too many people to to mention. Um, you know, I'm the kind of guy who is I'm 110 percent or I'm nothing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you want to go play a game of basketball in the backyard? Like I'm playing to win. I'm not playing just to mess around. You know what I mean? Like 
And so for me, I'm just, I'm a very competitive individual. And so if I do something, I want to win. And so it's kind of like I was in my early 20s and I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to do HVAC as a career, like I should probably go back and educate myself. I should probably go back and learn a few things, right? And while I got a pretty good fundamental kind of basis from my dad and my grandfather, my grandfather was a master tin bender. Um, and, you know, my dad was pretty good service tech. Um, well, I got a good kind of foundation from them. When I went back and started educating myself, I quickly realized how much I didn't know and how much that the industry had changed from their era to where we were then, right? And so the more I learned, the more I'm just like, wow, dude, I don't know nothing, man. And so I just kept learning. I kept learning. I kept learning. And then I would always try to deal with things that were like on the fringe, right? Where people are like, oh, that'll never work. Or, you know, we don't do that around here. We've been doing this for 30 years, you know, and this and that. And I'm like, the fact that you have to throw out the experience card is the problem, right? Right. So just because you've been doing something for 30 years doesn't mean you've been doing it right for 30 years, right? And in most cases, you did it one way for a year and you just repeated it 30 times. So you really have one year of experience, right? And obviously that's loosely thrown around, but I think you get the drift of what I'm saying. And so a lot of the old timers, that's the problem. I look at the same thing, so I get it. Yeah. And this, this business will, this business will beat you up, right? And I think what we're seeing with a lot of these old timers still in the business is that this industry has whooped their ass so bad that that's why they're so sour about everything in life. You know, the business, they, what their decisions in the business has taken everything from them. They've never made any money. They've made just enough money to get by. They never really ran a profitable company. They never grew their company. They're still really, you know, the two, three, four guys in one company. I mean, that's what makes up most of the companies in America, right? These mom and pop shops. There's nothing wrong with that if that's where you want to be. And I think in my younger years, I just made a decision of who it is I want to be in this industry and, and where I want to be, right? And this industry is like, you find a specialty, it's very similar to being a doctor, and you can decide what it is you want to do and you can hone in on that, right? You can do grow houses, you can do commercial, industrial, residential, light commercial, heavy commercial. I mean, the list goes on and on. And you find that specialty that you want to be in and you just become great at that, right? And then maybe you move on to something else. Maybe you don't. I don't know. You know, for me, I found my specialty is more higher in residential, right? Really transforming people's comfort and indoor air quality inside homes. Um, I've become very, very proficient at that. And I enjoy doing that. I can get in, I get the job done and I get paid. I'm not waiting 30, 60, 90 days to get my money, you know, um, which is on the commercial side can be a royal pain in the butt. Sometimes you never get paid at all. So um, in my younger years, I just I decided who it is I wanted to be, and I just ran with it, um, constantly learning something new, asking a ton of questions, building relationships from guys, finding guys in the industry that knew more than me, and those are the guys I want to hang out with. You know what I mean? Um, and then doing my part in passing that knowledge along to the next guy coming in behind me, right? There's no such thing as a stupid question, right? You're going to make mistakes. That is guaranteed, right? You're going to let the magic smoke out of the wires. It's going to happen, but try not to do it again, right? Try to learn from that mistake and don't repeat it. So that, that was a mouthful. And I share a lot of your sentiment there, especially in the giving back role. You know, I think that once you become super duper proficient, it's our duty to turn around and grab a youngster and bring them along with you. And we would be in such much better condition as an industry if everyone that's working today grabbed somebody by the arm and gave them a big hug and said, come with me and let's go. Because there's so much knowledge, you know, we're, you hear the numbers, we're retiring, uh, what is it, 100,000 baby boomers every day. Um, so what per, what percentage of those are skilled trades? They're all, a lot. There's a lot of people retiring every day. And we're not bringing in near enough people to supplement that. And our knowledge is leaving. So I, I just, you know, I hear so many people squawking about, there's not enough people. I can't find good people. I, we'll do something, you know, yeah. other than sit around and squawk about it. 
start a recruiting effort at your company and set up a scholarship. I mean, do something to attract people and make them aware of what we're doing, not just squawk like a crow on the line. Well, that's an interesting term to use, recruit, because I I personally believe that we need to stop recruiting people in our industry and we need to start attracting people into the industry. And um, and how do you do that, right? You do it by making HVAC sexy again. You do it by making blue collar, and blue collar has definitely made a comeback for sure. Um, you know, it's cool now to be a blue collar guy, right? That's why you see all these guys who sit in cubicles or rolling around with hats that say blue collar and they're dressing like they work out in the field and they don't, you know, but that's the style. That's what, that's what's in now. Cause it's cool. You know, back in the day, it was cool. It was, it was, it was cool and lucrative and a decent living to be an HVAC guy or a plumber or an electrician. Right. And for like 20 or 30 years, man, the blue collar trades just nosedive. The people just looked at you and like, oh, you didn't go to college. Oh, you're, you're an HVAC guy. You're a plumber. It was like, it was like, just this like, negative connotation, you know, like, oh, you're not, you're less, you're less than us because you're not, you don't work a white collar job, right? Blue collar is the new white collar. And, uh, and there's a lot of people leaving corporate America, finding their way into the trades and figuring out what it is they want to do. And whether it be a plumber, electrician, carpenter, HVAC guy, whatever. One of the things I love about HVAC is that we're all of the above, all in one. You know, we have to know it all. And you should, um, brother. Yeah. And it's not that, not maybe not that we're proficient at, at, as proficient at, in electrical stuff as an electrician would be, but we still have to know enough to be safe about it and do things the right way. But, um, but yeah, we really need to do a better job of attracting people. Like you would get out and you would want to attract, you know, a, a woman, right? From opposite sex or, in a relationship, you want to attract them. You're not out there recruiting people. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe that's your business model. I don't know. But <laughs> no, I I agree. And I use the word awareness. You know, trying to create awareness about what we do and and what happens when you don't have what we do, and how quickly you become uncomfortable and wish you knew somebody who knew how to do what we knew how to do. Yep. So that's a great point, though. Uh, creating the attraction and you know, you go back to the law of attraction is, is creating good and people are drawn to it. So I, that's, that's well said. Um, what, what happens without revealing the details? What do you see HVAC tactical becoming other than the awesome tactical mindset brand that you've got already rooted? Is it a, is it a, a lifestyle business? Is it educational? Do you delve into that? Or are you still trying to kind of figure out what all you want to do with it? No, I think we've come to the realization, obviously this brand is evolving, right? At a pretty rapid rate. Um, Come to the realization that this brand needs to put their hands in everything that this industry needs that is not currently being done or currently being done well. And so... um, we have we have a plan to put together um and we've already found the place to do it uh, we already have money in place to make this happen um and there's a few things that are stopping us from pulling the trigger today but uh it's coming and it's going to happen uh, number one is um a training facility for hvac specific on technical install installation sales business because most guys who are in business in hvac don't know how to run a business uh, when they, they get at the end of five years and realize I got to close up shop because they didn't make any money, right? Just because you're collecting a check from a homeowner doesn't mean you're making money. So, um, and also a team building, uh, a facility for team building. So you can bring your entire team out. You'll be saturated in HVAC, but we're going to have a good time. And, you know, again, doing doing this, again, there's a ton of training facilities all over America, right? This is doing something in a way that's never been done before. Um and then another thing that we're working on is uh, bringing affordable health care to the trade. So um, with as many people, uh, two years ago, I mentioned this to somebody, with as many people as we have in our industry, there's no reason we shouldn't have our own health care platform. We should, we should have our own credit card, blue collar credit card, right? 
redeeming points, buying equipment, buying material, all this stuff. Don't use house accounts at at you know your parts house or whatever. Put on a credit card. We'll get the we'll get the points back and everything for all that. Redeem your miles and all that good stuff. And so um, these are all things that we're working towards with other people who have backgrounds and all this stuff. And like I'm just trying to transform the industry from this antiquated way of thinking and the way that we do things and bring it up to speed because we we are definitely not where we need to be. And at the end of the day, I want to leave this industry in a better place than when I found it. And uh, and just to leave my mark and go, hey man, I, I did my part to leave this trade in a better condition than what it was when I, when I stepped into it. Um, but the brand itself, to answer the actual question, the brand itself, my vision for the brand itself is to become um, what Monster Energy and Red Bull is to action sports, but to HVAC. Nice. So, yeah. Well, it, you're off to a good start. Um, I'm I'm excited by it. I think there's a lot of other people. I was at I was at uh, at the show this year when you had your awards. Um, I did not attend, but I was at Ashray, and the buzz around your award show was really fun. Um, some friends of mine won awards. Some some friends were just in the crowd watching and, and participating. But that was a really cool thing you did. Um, I, I'm excited. Are it, will that be a yearly thing, or how? How it's, is that? It's a yearly thing. It follows AHR, or as you put it, Ashray. A lot of people still call it Ashray. Yeah. Uh, some people call it a whole. <laughs> Typically, the older generation calls it Ashray. That's what I've figured out. Um, yeah, I'm only been out of thirty of them, Ben. Well, it was in it was in Atlanta, right? My first AHR was in like 2009 or something like that, and um, last this last one in Atlanta, I asked somebody, I go, why does everybody keep calling this thing Ashray? And then we had this long, lengthy conversation. I said, okay, it all makes sense now. Um, but uh, yeah, that the whole idea with the award show is that it follows AHR every year from city to city. And the reason that we decided to do that is because when we really started gathering on social media, we started meeting up at AHR. That was like the, the the yearly meetup for all of us, right? And so my original plan was just to throw a party. I just wanted to throw a party for Instagrammers, right? That's how this whole thing started. And we had this little award thing with that we were doing in the background. The very first one we did at three awards and we just did it over Instagram. And then uh, a friend of mine was like, hey man, what if we're going to throw a party? Like we're going to coordinate all that. Why don't we just coordinate an award show with a party? And I was like, well, okay. I mean, I don't know how to do any of that. And he's like, I'll help you do it. And so that's how the first one started. And that was in Vegas uh, in 2020, 2020, 2022 or one, something like that. Whatever it was before. 2020, I think we missed 21 with COVID. Yeah. So it'd be 2020. Then we yeah. skipped a year. Then we hit um, Then we hit Atlanta. And then now we're going into um, to Chicago. So yeah. I always love going to Chicago in the winter for that show. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. Always place on the planet uh, during January, but I look forward to that. I, I have been to many ASHRAE AHR events, and I think I've been to 30, um, oddly enough, um, because like you, that's where your people are. And you know, my my people didn't have Instagram. We had Sia the show next year. And then you would get together and BS about all the stuff you did all year as yep. opposed to being able to do it in real time like we have now. So super duper cool to do that. Um, excited to see, um, you know, Generation 2 or Rev 2 of it coming because I'm sure it'll be bigger and better than it was. But also AHR them. AHR themselves, uh, you know, they've been a huge supporter of what we've been doing and so much so that they recognize they brought in the podcast pavilion, right? Yep. Recognizing podcasters and pushing that whole platform. Uh, and then also uh, at the last show in Atlanta, they asked me to come in and moderate a social media panel for them. Uh, so we brought all these big influencers from HVAC all over social media, YouTube, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We brought them all in and it just had this big conversation um, and it was just really cool. So it's cool to see kind of like this Titan, like 
Ashray, who's been around forever, right? To say, hey, look, this is the new thing. This is what's happening. This is where yeah. the industry's going. We need to facilitate this. Otherwise, somebody else is, right? Yep. Absolutely. We're, we're very appreciative of that because they've really helped us build the platform for sure. You know, Ben, you mentioned earlier uh, about sponsors and about partners, uh, industry partners. And, you know, I've got a good good friend, Troy Danko. Uh, Troy used to work for one of our companies down in Wilmington, North Carolina. And watching Troy, uh, watching, I, I don't know, any number of people, McCready up in Canada, you know, these folks have these relationships with OEMs and with, with products. How, and I haven't had this conversation with an OEM, so this is not a loaded question, but are they embracing it like they seem to be, or are they, is it a flash in the pan, or do you think this is something that they, that the manufacturers and the, and the uh, partners really see a value? Do you think they value what we're doing? I think they're still trying to figure it out. And, yeah. and so what we find is, um, you know, I don't like the word influencer, but for lack of a better term, that's what they refer to us as, right? If you have a decent following on social media, that's what you are. You're just classified as an influencer. Yeah. So when we get approached by companies, they'll be like, the, the old school way would be, hey, we're going to give you this tool and then you make a cool video for us, okay? And most guys would be like, okay, cool, great. I get a $300 tool. That's awesome, right? Uh, or, hey, we're going to send you this hat and this shirt and then make a video about it, right? And it's like, those days are gone, right? And so what we're finding now is we're finding because these companies are approaching these influencers and they're saying, hey, we want you to do this. And then the influencer turns around and it says, well, here's my rate card, right? And they go, rate card? And then they look at it and it's like, Oh, they have like legitimate pricing, like they charge for this stuff and go, yeah, this just turned into a business, right? Yeah. I've realized that my time and my platform and my, you know, my, what I'm doing here, it's, it brings value. So why would I not, why would I not get paid for that? Right. And so what we're finding now is the, these, these companies now are trying to bypass the larger influencers and go to the smaller influencers that have maybe two, three, four, five thousand followers instead of the guys that have 50 to 100, 200,000 followers. Uh, and then they go, hey, we're willing to give you this tool if you'll make a video for us, right? And a lot of these guys are like, okay, you know, and then they do it. And then you got guys like us in the background going, guys, stop doing that, dude. Stop doing that, right? It's very similar to contractors coming in and going, oh, he said he'll do it for 10 grand. I'll do it for eight, you know, same concept. So you're, you're, you're basically taking the, you're, you're degrading the integrity of what we're trying to do because these companies have been making money off of us for a long, long time, right? And they have really big marketing budgets. So we're trying to force them to utilize those marketing budgets and give back to the people in the industry. So that's, that's what we're trying to do uh, and why we're, we're kind of grouping together when it comes to the social media stuff. So what these, what these manufacturers, maybe I'm giving, maybe I'm showing my cards too much here, but what these companies don't realize is that when they approach somebody like me and then they go approach a buddy of mine who's got more followers than me, they don't realize that me and my buddy talk, right? And, and we're all in these group chats and we go, hey, XYZ company hit, hit me up. They want this. They're not willing to do this and this and this. And then the guy goes, yeah, they hit me up yesterday, right? And so- there's this kind of like internal chatter where these companies are thinking that they're being savvy, but we already know what's going on because we've developed a community and we communicate with each other. So it's fun watching it develop though, because just being, you know, on the front, I've never seen an industry develop um, other than the data center market. I kind of saw it developing from old school mainframe computers all the way through where we were and now back to where we were with water cooled equipment again, but when, when you're putting together the magazine, um, I think a lot of people think that print is dead, but I've I find that years, I find it to be very refreshing to have a quality book to hold and to look at myself. All, all of my books, I don't do Kindle. I don't, I don't care for that. I like paper. And I'm curious of, of the advertisers that help, uh, support and and pay for this magazine. Um, what what was their reaction to this? Was it like 
cool or were skeptical or what what was the, and I'm not talking about specifics, obviously, but what's sure. the general feeling of that? So what we did is we circled back to the sponsors that sponsored our, our award show and said, hey, so how it started was this magazine was basically a catalog magazine for the award show. Okay. And uh, it had me on the cover, but it was a different photo, slightly different book, had a bunch of ad, I had a bunch of stuff from all the sponsors of the show, basically. And, um, and everybody at the, at the show was like, Hey, you said we were going to have a catalog, but like, this is like a legitimate magazine. Like, this is cool, man. And it, what it really did is it sparked this thing where it was like, well, maybe we should do a magazine. And then as we asked people and we did, some people we didn't have to ask, they're just like, you need to do a magazine. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's try this. Right. So I went back to the sponsors of the original show and I said, Hey, look, there's a lot of demand for this. I think we're going to try this. If you're interested in doing this, we'd love to have you. And if not, then completely okay, right? Because sponsors don't like to be asked for money more than once. That's something that I've had to learn. So we had some sponsors that said, no, we'll, we're going to hold out. We'll see how the next, we'll see how it goes, you know, because they were a little, little sketchy. Uh, others were like, yeah, no doubt. Let's do it. They, you know, they doubled down on it and said, let's go. And so we just pushed it out. And I think the people who decided to jump in the in the magazine realized, um, and they all got copies of it. And they're like, dude, this is so well put together. Like, this is great. This is something so different. And I think that anybody who's anybody who's stepping into the circle of what we're doing, uh, not just the tactical brand, but the community itself, it's just so different. It's so different from the way that you've done things for the last 30, 40, 50 years in this business that it's going to seem off. It's going to seem very uncomfortable at first, but then you quickly realize like how many people are standing behind all this stuff and how many people want this. And then now these, these, these companies are very quickly going, we're all on board, dude, hundred percent. You know, I got, my last gold sponsor of the show was RLS rapid locking systems. I'm not sure if you know who they are or not. Right. Um, but he was like, dude, this is the easiest check for me to write every year. Like he is full blown invested in what we got going on because he sees the writing on the wall and, uh, Supco, our title sponsor, I have right now, by the way. Yeah. This was actually the, the red carpet backdrop that we had at the award show. Um, I just decided to hang it up in my office, but, um, yeah, Supco is uh, another company that's like, dude, we're all in. We're here. You know what I mean? Like, we love this. We want to support this. And I think what it's showing the community is it's showing the community that we have you. We got your back, right? And uh, in turn, it's kind of like they support us. We support them, right? Well, it's really inspiring, I think is a good word, is that these are brands that are not off brands. You know, if you're in the business you know RLS and you know Subco. These are names that mean something. And when they're behind the product, I think that really helps people feel like they're safe to follow your brand if you have the 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 backing of these major brands. I mean, you, you go in the supply house and as old as you are, Subco's been there, you know. That's just, I remember seeing Supco in when I was a kid in the stores. I remember hard start relays, you know, and that's what, that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is a hard start kit. Um, but I think that that's really uh, a clever, I don't, I don't want to say clever because that sounds a little manipulative, but just an excellent way for people to feel good about the magazines, having those quality kind of names you have on, on your sponsor page. So. Congrats on that. I appreciate that. But again, it all boils down to relationships, right? Sure. Absolutely. I've been real cautious to not burn bridges. I've been real cautious to just treat people with respect. And when people say no, I'm not going to push you. It's like, if you're not ready, you're just not ready, right? But I will tell people, you know, you're going to miss out because, you know, this is going to be something. And if you're not willing to jump on board, at some point it might be too late, you know? So... Well, I, I look at what you're doing kind of like I've always sold. I'm not a good salesman. I'm a really good educator so that when you get ready to buy, you call me. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not pushing for you. I'm just telling you what your options are. Here's what's going to happen in my best guess. In, in, in eight months, you're going to wish you had done this, but I get the fact you can't do it now. But when you get ready, call me. 
And, yeah. you know, I think that that's a, a lot of what I'm hearing, but um, I just really love it. Um, all right. So um, I will be uh, waiting on the announcement of all these fun things you have with bated breath to hear the, uh, I'd love to come out and see your place when you get it, when you get ready. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. It's going to be awesome. We got a lot of cool things happening. I mean, we've talked to, I'm talking to manufacturers of pants and boots and talking to, you know, people about tools and stuff like that. And I mean, literally the, the, the sky's wide open for this. Right. But it's kind of like, I just want to be strategic. I want to try to stick to stick to the avenue of things that are different. Right. So, um, you know, and at the end of the day, man, like I'm an old timer already in this industry, right. I'm only 41, but I feel like I've been doing this for so long. I'm just, I'm, it's just like, I've seen all of these changes. Right. And, uh, and really for me, man, I'm just trying to pay everything forward. I'm trying to bring up these young guys, bring them up to speed. And like, then I can pass the torch off to them and then they can keep on running while I just go right off in the sunset someplace, you know, but, um, I don't think you're a sunset riding kind of <laughs> and you know, I'm you like, I don't look like I like walks on the beach. Well, you may, but uh, you like to come back from the beach too. So yeah, it's this industry has a funny way of never letting you go, man. It just never does. I, I love it. I'm in my 41st summer of full time air conditioning business. I started in 1982 full time, and like you, I grew up in the business. So I it's my honor and my duty to give back to the to the yep. industry because I love it. I really love it. And you're talking about grow houses a while ago. You know, that's something that over the last couple of years I've really delved into deeply. And whether, however you feel about cannabis is great, but one day we're going to get a lot more than cannabis out in grow houses. It's going to be tomatoes and carrots and cucumbers and all the things that we need. And the science behind indoor cultivation is just really awesome from a from a thermodynamic and from a psychometric standpoint. So I think that's exciting. I think that healthcare has so many different things we can learn about environmental conditioning. I think the data center world, everything, and I've yet to mention human comfort. So like you said when you when you kicked off, there's so many different vertical markets within the HVAC industry that you can just go forever and not get bored. But yeah. Yeah. It's really incredible. I love this industry. I'm passionate about it. If you haven't noticed, you know, I'm passionate about this industry. Um, and I, my, you know, they say that sales is no, is really nothing more. My, a buddy of mine always said this and it's always stuck with me. Sales is nothing more than the successful transfer of belief from one person to another. Right. And if you're married, you probably sold your spouse this morning before you even left the house. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and so that always is just really stuck with me. And so when I go to people's homes, people will tell me like, you're a really good salesman. And I'm like, I'm not trying to sell you anything. Like just my passion and my energy that I bring to the table automatically makes you want it. So this, this book right here, uh, it's written by a friend of mine, Jeffrey Gittimer. And this trust for the people that watching and listening is, is trust. It's the little teal book of trust by Gittimer. What it was a hundred pages, and it just nails down the sales. You said it a while ago. The exchange of trust, of okay, you got it. Okay, I'm ready for it in the right way. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not pushy. It's not anything but informative and and good. So, well, man, I know we're uh, we're kind of getting up on top of the hour here. I just this has been a, a blast, Ben. I've learned. I've loved learning more about what you're doing. Uh, what you're all about. I hope you'll come back later uh, and tell us where you are in the, you know, the, all the fun stuff you couldn't tell us today, but you, you baited us a little bit. So uh, <laughs> we'll come back and eat that bait later. It's all, uh, it's all part of the strategy. I like it. I like it. I like it. But uh, no doubt, appreciate the time. Really appreciate what you're doing for the industry. Uh, I, I feel, um, you know, every time I hear somebody say, these young people, I'm like, dude, you don't know our young people because they're on fire. We're we we are shocked full of good. So yeah. anybody who says that is just truly disconnected from what's actually happening. It's agreed. Or or like you said earlier, they're just angry by nature. So um but good stuff. Well if I got beat up for 30 years, I'd be pretty angry too. 
Yeah, how, but how much of that was self-abuse? That's what I wanted. It's a choice you made. It's a choice. Exactly. Exactly. So. Well, Gaddy, it looks like we have had 50-some-odd minutes of awesome conversation with an unstoppable man. So um, <laughs> you, you've been very quiet. You got any thoughts on this, Gaddy? I, I have been quiet. I've just been, I've been listening. I think it's... I mean, it sounds really cool. I really love to hear about what you're doing. I think it's not only you feel it, you can feel it. Yeah, it's very it's it's not only like innovative and creative and fun, um, but I think it's just a great way to I mean, something that I feel like I talk about every day all the time is community. And I really feel like what you're doing is an excellent way to bring community to the whole of HVAC, the HVAC industry, as well as reach from surrounding areas, getting other people interested just by kind of seeing what's going on and being like, oh, like that actually looks like a lot of fun. What is that? Um, And then kind of learning more from there and seeing if HVAC is right for them. Um, so I think it's really cool what you're doing and I've really enjoyed hearing about it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Well, let you, uh, lead us to the, the pearly gates. No, not the pearly gates, but the, the farm gate. Why don't you <laughs> take us, Carl? <laughs> I will be at the pearly gates. I will be. I hope, I hope to see you there, man. Hope to see you. Not, not quite yet, guys. That's... Yeah, she's 21, Ben. So we, we got a ways for three. Same thing. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah, same thing. So, well, I, I appreciate y'all having me for sure. Um, great meeting you. Hopefully, I can meet you at AHR. Um, with tickets, tickets will become available for the show September 1st. And that'll be, uh, you'll be able to find that through hbacktactical.com. Uh, and we hope to see you guys there. But we'll be there for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Ben. And how can people get in touch? You can find me pretty much on every social media platform at HVAC Tactical. Uh, that's the handle. And then you can find the website at HVACTactical.com. And uh, you can buy all your swag there. You can do. Uh, you can check out all the sponsors of the show there. You can look at the award show pictures and the, watch the actual uh, video of the award show. All that information is available on the website. Thanks again, Ben, for joining us. Everyone, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Straight Outta Crumpton. For more episodes like this, subscribe to the podcast through Apple or Spotify podcasts. And don't forget to check out gregcrumpton.com for all your Greg Crumpton content.